0: seated. Good morning. It's a beautiful day. Is it clouding over? What a beautiful day. So before I start, I want to just say one thing. My son Oscar graduated from high school yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it was so great. To watch the graduation ceremony yesterday and hear the names of these young people who've been and are and will be essential parts of our church family. My son Oscar, Jazz Bartz, Eric Woodson, Lachlan Brown, to name a few that are just kids of our staff. Isn't that amazing? And then there was Cora Schwabacher who made us all cry a few weeks ago during Youth Sunday if you were here Mason Wheeler and Eddie Owens, Max French, and Bella Santamaro, to hear their names and watch as they walked across that stage to accept their diplomas, a first step into the next phase of their lives. We have other kids who are also walking that walk this year from other schools and other places. Lily Marvin, Sebastian Ortega, Tanner Phillips, Harley Kirkpatrick, And I am so proud of them all and the beautiful people that they have grown into. They grew up in and around this church. It is a part of their DNA. And whether they know it or not, we will go with them like the Holy Spirit as they move into the world in new ways. I wish them the best of everything and the strength and courage and compassion that come from knowing that they are loved. Excuse me. It's been a busy couple of weeks for me. I was incredibly blessed to spend last weekend with a group of women, many of whom are here today, on retreat in Cody, Wyoming. Um, It was an amazing weekend, and I can't really put into words exactly what or how or why, because it was a feeling, a deep connection, a vulnerability, a little cracking open that happened for each woman, I think each in her own way. The Holy Spirit was working with us and through us, and we opened ourselves to that presence and to one another. The theme of the weekend was reimagining God. In our small, contained, mortal ways, we try to put words and images to something that is so big, and so beyond our ability to put words to, God. And that sometimes we end up putting God in a box. And so our challenge was to use new words and imagery to think about and imagine the vastness of God. We talked quite a bit about gendered language, but also anthropomorphic language overall, as well as our own theologies and how those are or are not represented in our language and imagery as well as in our liturgy. We rewrote a few common prayers that may make their way into a liturgy here from time to time, we'll see. And the goal was to do this work not only from our heads, but also from our hearts and from our spirits. We prayed in a variety of ways intended to help us to move out of our heads. We sang and we worshiped, we got a little crafty, which is not my area of strength, and we laughed and we cried. The Holy Spirit was working with us and through us. You know, the last time I preached on Pentecost was in the middle of the pandemic. And because churches were virtual, I was able to tape a sermon for St. Thomas's and Dubois from my office. Such strange times. But as I read through the passage from Acts this week, I was struck by the opening line. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. This is not a terribly provocative line in the passage normally, but I read it differently this week than I did two years ago. Two years ago, I was so aware that we could not be all together in one place, and today I am so aware That we are and I am so grateful that we are and I just want to acknowledge that now sometimes we forget or maybe we try to forget the isolation we have endured over these past years but here we are It's amazing and I know there are many of us who are not in this place today those who are watching from home because they're still vulnerable or they're just not back to Jackson yet but our ability to be together in one place, I believe, makes it easier for those watching from afar to connect with us, to feel the energy of the experience of our shared worship rather than watching Jimmy and Brian and me preaching and celebrating in an empty room. The Holy Spirit is present here today working with us and through us, and I hope you can feel that energy Both in this room and hopefully through the magic of the internet. Sure, it's not as dramatic as what we witness in the reading from Acts this morning. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Can you feel it? Can you feel the spirit? okay, it may not be as dramatic as a violent wind, but I feel the energy. I feel the energy in this room when we sing together and pray together, when we break bread together. I can't remember a time when I've stood at that altar and not been moved as I celebrate the Eucharist or as I offer You, the bread, and I've witnessed you being moved too. I see it in the tears that well up in your eyes or sometimes in the ear-to-ear smiles that erupt on your faces as you put out your hands to receive the bread. I imagine those tears and smiles will be even more profound this morning as you receive wine from the common cup for the first time in more than two years. Oh, there will be tears. The Holy Spirit is present in this place, working with us and through us. The Holy Spirit, that ineffable presence of God, that, that which we have a particularly hard time putting into words, the Holy Spirit, the mystery. For the past several weeks, Jimmy has been talking about the Easter season as that time in our story when the mystery, the divine, the ethereal comes into relationship with the material, the worldly. And that's the beauty of our faith, that sense of the mysterious, the ineffable, that which we cannot put effectively into words or even images, grounded in the material, the solid and tangible world in which we live, and breathe, and have our lives, the incarnational aspect of our faith, the Holy Spirit working with us and within us as we do God's loving work in the world. Today is an embrace of the mystery, the Holy Spirit that Jesus leaves with us and within us, the incarnation of God in our bodies and in our world, that breath of God that gives us breath. The presence and essence of God that gives inspiration and energy and purpose and life. And that purpose, as we well know, is to imbue the world with the loving presence of God in real and tangible ways. To embody God's love into every connection we make with all of creation in every moment. Sometimes this feels like a daunting task, more than daunting, impossible. We are living in a time of deep divide, great unrest, and as followers of the Christian story, we are called to try to bridge those divides, to reach out in love to the Samaritan, the woman at the well, the tax collector, the crippled man, the adulterous woman. But the barriers between us seem... Insurmountable. We make assumptions about one another, gut reactions that keep us from truly listening to one another, sometimes, often, it feels as if we're living in different worlds, and speaking different languages, and we don't know how to navigate the difference, how to listen, how to hear, and if we cannot even hear one another, how can we possibly Truly love one another. Then I think of this other dramatic scene from our readings in Acts this morning. Divided tongues of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. And yet, they were all able to understand one another as though everyone were speaking in their own native language, like a super advanced Google Translate implanted into our brains. How cool is that? What a gift that would be. And not simply being able to understand Spanish or Russian or Aramaic, but also being able to understand a foreign perspective, a different ideology. To be able to get beneath the words and the polemic, to understand the heart priorities, the hopes and fears beneath the words to understand one another. Wouldn't that be amazing? If we were to allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to work with us and within us to build understanding, to speak, but more importantly, to listen and to hear. We live in a time of deep division, and perhaps we always have. We live in a time of aggression and anger and violence, but perhaps we always have. Our world is out of balance, and perhaps it always has been. But Jesus exhorted us to live a different world into being, to birth a different kind of energy into the world, an energy of love and compassion and kindness and peace, a world in which our capital is love with rather than power over. A world driven by the Holy Spirit rather than the human ego. But we're out of balance. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Looking at that language again, the Father and the Son are both gendered and anthropomorphic, while the Holy Spirit is ethereal, energetic, and free. It can be imagined as word, as wind, as fire, as rushing water, as pure energy. And it can as easily be imagined in the feminine as the masculine. Have you thought about that? The Holy Spirit, free and open and wild, can be whatever you need it to be. So imagine with me, the Holy Spirit is feminine. Is that outrageous? Does that push you outside your comfort zone? Maybe maybe a little? Or does it push you into your comfort zone? Did you know that many early Christian thinkers spoke of the Holy Spirit as a feminine figure, as mother? The Hebrew word for spirit, ruach, is in nearly all cases feminine. Also in Aramaic, the word for spirit, rusha, is feminine. And early church fathers like Origen in the early 200s, Jerome in the 400s, both wrote on the gospel according to the Hebrews where the Savior himself says, My mother, the Holy Spirit. This isn't a radical idea. The Holy Spirit is the feminine, balancing the masculine energy of the Father and the Son. And we need the feminine energy of the Holy Spirit today more than ever. We are out of balance. We live in a culture that has been dominated by masculine energy, probably from the beginning, although I would argue that we had a whole lot of feminine energy at at work in creation, creative energy giving birth to the world. Hear me out. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Masculine and feminine energy are different from men and women. I'm not saying men are bad and women are good, that men must be deposed from their thrones. No. But I'm talking about a historical system that is built on the concept of power over rather than power with, built out of fear of scarcity rather than a deep knowledge and embrace that with God there is enough. Both men and women can tap into both essences. Men have masculine and feminine energy and women have masculine and feminine energy. The universe has masculine and feminine energy. But our culture, humankind, has been ruled by the masculine with those feminine traits often devalued in women and discouraged in men. Masculine energy is characterized by doing and achieving and is molded by logic and reason. It is ambitious and assertive, sometimes slipping into aggressive. It is strong and fiercely protective and giving. Feminine energy is flowing and dynamic and free and ruled by the heart It is nurturing, compassionate, empathetic, patient, emotional. It's about embracing your intuition and creativity. Jesus exuded feminine energy, creativity, compassion, and love. When these energies are balanced, both individually and cosmically, we experience a greater sense of harmony and fulfillment. The yin and the yang. Yin, the symbol of feminine, and yang, the symbol of masculine. These energy forces are complementary and interconnected, but we're out of balance. During the women's retreat, we had a fairly heated discussion one evening. I won't get into all the details, but this was sort of the theme of that conversation. But where we landed in our discussion was a consensus that we need to invoke our feminine energy to bring the universe into balance, all of us. That the violence and aggression and fear we see today in Ukraine and Buffalo and Uvalde and Washington, D.C., must be balanced with love and nurture and compassion. We need to flood the world with the feminine, maybe even tipping the scales a bit in the other direction for a while in order to find that balance a world in which we recognize both the feminine and masculine energy of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that works with us and through us to do God's loving work in this world, helps us to strive to understand the foreign languages and ideologies that divide us one from another, helps us to embrace a world of compassion and nurture and creativity and love, the world Jesus called us to live into being, the Holy Spirit working with us and within us and through us to live God's love into the world.